So this morning, I want to pick up in the verses in John's Gospel in chapter 14 before the ones that Melody just read to us. Here Jesus discusses that He is the way to the Father. Let me read you what He said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to Myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. So I want you to picture this scene, if you will. The disciples have been with Jesus for three years of ministry. And not just any ministry. This is intense, full immersion ministry. They've been casting out demons. They've been healing the sick. They've been raising the dead. They've been opening the eyes of the blind. Restoring people to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wholeness. Not only that, but they've been through the persecution and the scourging and the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection. And now Jesus is preparing to ascend to the Father. And because He's preparing to ascend, He's now preparing the disciples for a new experience of life without Him in the way that they have known. They're about to be separated, at least for a time. And so what I want to focus on here is separation. What happens when people who are in deep relationship separate? What kinds of feelings and emotions and thoughts do we experience 
when we are separated from someone that has been of great significance in our lives. Well, obviously we're troubled, aren't we? We have a sense of great loss, and that's often compounded by thoughts of, what do I do now? What's next for me? If you've ever been a caretaker for someone who has gone to be with our Lord, then suddenly you're there without someone to care for. And you may experience those thoughts of, what's next for me? What do I do now? There's a story I like to tell about a man who finds himself separated from his family in the most tragic of circumstances. You may have heard this story before because it's a great example of what people do, how people rise to the occasion when they're greeted with this kind of separation. It was the last quarter of the 19th century and there was a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He was a devout Christian. He was a Presbyterian layman from Chicago. He had a successful legal practice, and he was a successful real estate investor. But his biggest source of joy and his greatest achievement was that he had a beautiful family. Now, in 1871, the great Chicago fire wiped out his real estate fortune And about the same time, he lost a son to illness. And so, in November of 1873, Horatio was thinking that it might be good for his family and for himself to get away on a restful vacation. They had been through quite a lot. And so he sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him on vacation to Europe on board ship. Weren't any planes flying at that time. And so he made plans to follow along on a different ship in a few days. On November 22nd, the ship with his family aboard was struck by another ship, and it sank to the bottom of the sea in only 12 minutes. The survivors were picked up, and after several days, Mrs. Spafford cabled her husband, Horatio, back in Chicago with two words, saved alone. Horatio left Chicago immediately and he joined his wife in Wales and while he was on board ship on the way to join his wife as the ship approached the spot in the ocean where his four daughters had gone down with their ship, Spafford took pen to paper And he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. Now that hymn I'm sure you recognize has become a favorite To almost every denomination, you'll find it in their hymnal. And it was Horatio Stafford's acknowledgement of these words that we find in John, Jesus' words, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
Separation. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God. Trust Jesus. For those that trust and believe, Jesus says he has prepared a dwelling place in his Father's house, not just for those that are dearly departed, but for us also as believers. How did he prepare a dwelling place? Well, he prepared our dwelling place with God by going to the cross and by the resurrection. You remember when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. That meant everything was finished. Everything was complete, including the securing of your dwelling place, of my dwelling place in the house of God. A house that's not made of brick and mortar and stone and wood, but of things that are spiritual and eternal, things that we can only imagine. And not only did Jesus prepare a dwelling place for us, but he also promised to come back and get us so that we can live where he lives. And if we depart the earth before Jesus returns, that's okay because Jesus says we already know the way. Remember, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Grace bridges the separation. For God so loved the world. That's provenient grace of God. God so loved the world means that God loves everyone, believers and non-believers. His Provenient grace covers us all because His love covers us all. See, provenient grace is that grace that's for everyone, all of God's children. It's that grace that comes before salvation. The grace that works on us. The grace that nudges us gently toward a relationship with Jesus. That grace that enables us to become aware that we are sinners in need of a Savior. That grace that enables us to love Him. Remember, we love because He first loved us. Let me see if I can put it even more basically. If grace was a house, then provenient grace would be the front steps. But to gain access to the house, we have to make a decision to walk through the front door. And the front door of the house of grace is saving or justifying grace. You have to be justified to enter the house. You can't climb in through a window. You can't sneak in through the back door. You have to walk through the front door of saving grace by making a choice to follow Jesus into the house. And then, when we choose to walk through the saving grace front door, We find ourselves in the sanctifying grace of the house. This is where we get to settle into the family room of Jesus and the sanctifying grace that is this lifelong relationship with Him. Learning and growing and being more and more like Christ. 
Jesus said he is the way, and not only the way, but also the truth and the life. He's everything we need, so in him there's no longer that permanent separation to trouble our hearts. As we reside in the family room of Jesus, he is the life. And so there's no longer anything to worry about, nothing to trouble our hearts, even if we find ourselves separated from a loved one. We're never separated from Christ. And when I think of the separations that have occurred in my own experience, I always go to John 14, to the verses that Melody read, where Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And all of this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. And so peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. See, it's in that promise that we can find peace. In that promise, we can hang on until Christ comes to take us home. In that promise, we can say, whatever our lot, Lord Jesus, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.